Hi there, this is Erin Cooney. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Irish Dance Business Owners Podcast. Today I am joined by Neve Webster. She is the owner and director of Tir Nanog Irish Dance. And today we're going to explore the topic of having your own children as your students. So welcome Neve to the podcast. Hi Erin, thanks for having me. This is great. I'm so excited to have you here today. I think that this topic is going to be really interesting. So before we dive into that, I just wanted to get an idea of how you got into Irish dance. What did your teaching journey look like? And how did you start this Irish dance school? Oh, that is a story and a half. (laughs) Definitely. So I am the third of seven when it comes to children in my family. We're a good Irish Catholic family. And When my oldest sister was in grade nine, so she's about 14 years old, she started to get into kind of some mischief. Let's just call it mischief for now. And so my parents decided that one of the ways to combat this was to put her into something. So what they decided to do, they said, okay, I know we're Irish. My dad was born in Ireland. We're going to do Irish dancing. And why not just put three of our girls into it all at once? So that's what they did. So Nula and me and Roisin, jumped into Irish dance and a year later she quit, continued on the other route she was taking. And um, my next sister joined. So there's three of us. And then a few years after that, my brothers wanted to join dance and my sisters stopped. So again, there was three of us. And by this time I was driving to dance and my parents weren't coming anymore. And then one day my neighbor said, Hey, I have uh, two little girls that really want to start dancing. Can you teach them in my living room? And I said, okay. And I think I was about 14 or 16 years old. So I started teaching in the living room and it was better than babysitting. And then my friend in high school, a friend of mine, her mother was working for the board of education and they were trying to grab a whole bunch of my friend's friends to teach different things. So one of them did volleyball class. One of them did cross country meeting for running. And they said, can you do an Irish dance course? And I said, yeah, sure. And it just exploded. So this is back in probably 97. So this is just after Riverdance in 94 came out. So it exploded. It was huge. And then when I turned 20, I got my TC. And I believe I was the youngest in North America at the time to have my TC, which is pretty cool. And so that's how I started. And then that was in Ontario. And a few years later, 10 years later, I was on four different locations, five days a week. And then my family up and moved to Nova Scotia, me and my husband and our two kids. And I started all over (laughs) right from scratch. And so 12 years later now, I am here in this beautiful studio and we have one location and we're five days a week and doing great and being strong and loving it. Wow. I love that. And I love that you shared that you started again from scratch because I think that is a journey people need to know and can be inspired by because it does happen. It also happened to me, you know, sometimes when you start an Irish dance school and you're really young, circumstances can change and you need or want to move for a different reason and navigating that journey. That is a whole other story and a whole other podcast. Whole other three (laughs) podcasts. Yes, for sure. Navigate that journey of moving and starting from scratch again. Yeah. Not everybody's cup of tea, but And you're truly not starting from scratch again because you learned so much the first time. That's um, true. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. So now we're going to just kind of dive into the main topic for today. And you have children who dance. So you actually have, is it four children? 
I have four children total, but only three of them oh, dance. No. So okay. 14 and 12 are girls that dance. My 10 okay. year old boy ha- will have nothing to do with dance. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then my six year old girl is here more than she wants to be. She, no, she can't be here more than she wants to be. Wait, anyway, <laughs> she wants to be here all the time, basically wants to be here all the time. Okay. So your three girls dance. So mm-hmm. of your children, your three girls dance. Okay. Under you and under your school. And yeah, that's just the topic that we wanted to explore a little bit. You know, you teaching with them being young and then them wanting to join and pursuing this for a longer t- journey. Yeah, it's definitely been a journey. And I always say everybody's journey is quite unique. So nobody's going to have the exact same story. And every child was unique too, because even my son who doesn't dance now, he did at one time and we had to let that go. So I started the first couple of kids were very young and I was really young. So they would come with me and I didn't take any time off. So I had my first baby and three weeks later, I wanted to be back in the classroom. Ended up being five because I had issues. But so she came with me and I was in four different locations at the time. So I would have my diaper bag and my dance bag and my big speakers because we didn't have these fancy, cute little things back then. We had massive speakers and I would have to carry all this in and I'd have a stroller so she could fall asleep. And it was definitely challenging, but I did a lot of holding. And this one, she didn't like to be held in. She liked to be held out. And then we put her on the floor and I put blankets down. And nursing was really, you know, I really liked nursing teaching because the other kids would come up and what are you doing? Well, I'm nursing. What is that? Oh, it's giving milk to my baby. Oh, and it was a learning experience because a lot of them had never seen that before. So that was very cool. Anyway, the first two kids did not have uh, a playpen. And I would say this is something that I learned that is crucial to have as a playpen. I did have them fall asleep on the floor. I have a great, beautiful picture of my 18-month-old girl just like on the floor and hard shoes going all around her, which is gorgeous. But then she'd get up and she'd crawl everywhere. So it's not great. So I was like... Playpen, get a playpen, put in a studio, even carry up those stairs wherever you're going, because then your child will get used to that playpen, even at a young age, so that as they get older and they want to move, they'll stay in the playpen. So that's what I did with my second two kids. I brought the playpen. I also had a sling, so I would wear the sling and I could move around and dance in the sling, which is quite impressive, apparently, to be able to dance in a in a slang. So anyway, they get older and they're no longer babies and then they can stay home for a bit and then they want to take class. Or of course we want them to take class with us. So as my kids got older and they started to come to class with me to learn, there were some scheduling things. My husband had to come pick up things. Those are logistics. One of the trickiest parts though, was for them to learn the boundary of being a student and being the the daughter or the son. And that was hard, but they learned really quickly. I found that they learned quite quickly because they want your time and they want your attention and you have to give it to them. So for me, I found that they learned very quickly that I was giving Susie attention for the time of stories and Bob the attention and my own child the attention. And they start to see that it becomes the same. So that's really important, I think, to show them right away that they are the same and try not to have any favorites in the classroom. 
which is very tricky to do at first, but they do learn that quickly. I'd say by the time they're like six, if they've danced for two years with you, they've, they've got it. And even if they jump in at six, they'll probably get it pretty quickly. There's expectations also need to be the same. So you can't expect your own child to dance exactly like you. You can't expect them to be the best in the class because they might not be. And you can't expect them to love it just because you love it. So my son did it for like a year or two. And it was this tiny toes class, like a little, a little preschool class. And he's like, I hate this mom. I want to stop. So <laughs> I had to coax him with a cookie for one more month. I'm like, one more month, I'll give you cookies because we just have one more. And he's like, okay, but now mm, not a fan. But one of the other things you have to let them do is, is actually be silly in the class like the other classmates. So if there's times when they're laughing, you have to just let them do that and, and have that just because they're, you're a kid, you still have to let them have that time. When I was a kid, my dad was my soccer coach. So I remember this very distinctly. I was four years old and I would go to soccer with my dad and he was the coach and he'd bring oranges in his little bucket and he'd say, now Neve, on the soccer field, I'm Mr. Myers. I was like, but dad, you're my dad. No. I'm Mr. Myers. And it was really weird. So I would call him Mr. Myers and it was fine. But then the kids would come over to me. Why are you calling your dad Mr. Myers? I'm like, I don't know who they told me. That's weird. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're right. It's, it's weird. So I found that that is a boundary that you just, you need to kind of keep. Let your kids call you mom. If you're comfortable with that. I found for me, it really worked better because the other students, they know that that's your kid. They know it's your kid and they see you're treating them the same, but it is weird when you call them something different. So for me, it's always worked and this might not work for everybody, but for me, that's something that really worked is to keep them say mom, because at class you're your teacher first, but you're still their mom. And then again, the same goes for at home. So when you go home and your kids are, are dancing, my kids are constantly moving around their feet. It's so beautiful. You have to be mom first. So you can't sit there and go, Oh no, that's wrong. No, pick up your feet. No, would you turn <laughs> out more? But you need to just let them dance. This is my opinion. You need to, I know like you need to, but really it's helpful for them to just let them be kids and you be a mom. And then your beautiful words are, I love to watch you dance. And it's very simple. I, I do remember though. It's funny because the uh, you also have this beautiful reward and this unique, gorgeous connection with your kids because my daughter was lying down in bed one day. I'm like, go to sleep, go to sleep, okay, good night. And she was probably about nine years old and her feet were moving in bed. And she's like, <laughs> and I say, Aoife, stop doing your treble jig. <laughs> she's like, how did you know it was my treble jig? <laughs> so those are really, really beautiful, special moments that you can have with your children. So there's a lot of rewards to the balance of teaching your own kids. So another thing that's quite the balance is when you're in class, and especially I'm finding this now more that my kids are getting older and they're teenagers. Hey, mom, when we get home tonight, can we have ice cream? I'm like, oh, come off it. Like, that is not a question right now. So but I didn't respond like that. So just gentle reminders, like, well, 
that is a question for the car on the way home. And so there's that balance. There's also the balance of keeping surprises. And I do find this as I get older. I know I still have a six-year-old, but over here, I have beautiful certificates to go out to the kids who earned this traditional set challenge. And these certificates are gorgeous. And I'm going to give them in person in three weeks. We have an event, which is great. And my kids know they're here because they saw them come in the mail. They're like, oh, what do they look like? I want to see. <laughs> no. So keeping some surprises for your own children. And I feel like even though they don't like it, they're like, but you're, I'm your daughter. Come on, show me. Even though they don't like it, they do appreciate being the same as their peers. Because if you're the teacher and, and you're their child and they, you, your other students know that there's that connection, they know that it is what it is. But to give your own kids the surprises at the same time as your regular students are getting them, it helps the whole classroom. It really helps not just your own students feel like they're a student, but it helps the other students see that you're not treating your own kids with any kind of special attention. And I think that's really important for retention in your studio for moving forward, especially in these times, because one day you're not going to have your own kids to fall back on either. And you need to build that retention and have people know that you're treating everybody the same. I think that's really important. So there's those surprises, keeping them from that is, is the fun part of the things you keep back. But there's some other things as the kids get older that you have to keep back. There's, a, there's admin things, tuition stuff, drama between students, drama between parents. There's, unfortunately, that does happen. And sometimes you have to put out those fires as an admin and as a director. So I'll talk to my husband, you know, how, how do you think this? But I have to make sure that I don't have lingering ears, which is also important for your kids to not know some of the stuff that goes on in the studio that is the admin side. I mean, some things they need to know, which is a good thing for them to learn about entrepreneurship and business ownership. These are very beautiful things, but some things they don't need to know because they are children and they need to allow that innocence. So yeah. Oh, it's very exciting. I just have one more thing to share with you that I can think of off the top of my head. And then if you have any questions, Erin, I'd love to go further with that. But one thing they learn very, very quickly is, is how to be independent with getting on their wigs and getting on their shoes and getting ready for shows and competition. When you go to a show or competition, as a dance teacher, this dance teacher hat you put, we have on, we are there to help everybody and tell them the order of the show and get your music ready. We usually have to talk to whoever it is that is putting, like if it's St. Patrick's Day and you're at a senior's home, for example, you're talking to the coordinator there, making sure the change room is right. Making sure that like, yes, thank you for the water. Oh, could you please give us some water? Or whatever is going on. There's a lot of different things. Your kids have to get ready and you can't be mummy. And it is very tricky. So they have to learn very quickly to do it themselves or to ask people for help. And this is not a bad thing. I think this is a very, very good thing to learn that independence and also to be able to ask for help. And it builds community in your studio so that other parents will help and other kids will help. It doesn't always go as smoothly as that though. All right. So a, a, a little quick story. We were at a competition a few years ago and it was uh, one of my daughters was nine and she had a meltdown 
She did not like her wig. She was like, uh-uh, nope. I don't like this and I don't like this. So I had to turn into mummy right away. And so I went from teacher coach to mom and I just had to be with her. And the first time this happened, because it's happened a few times, it was really difficult for me to let go of that teacher coaching side. But I did learn that you have to do that for your daughter and you have to be there for her and other people will take over and help the other kids and all works out. So it is really quite a beautiful thing. And there's so many rewards and benefits to teaching your own children. And it's such a journey. My six-year-old who I didn't touch on yet, she's six. And in September, I said to her, cause I knew she really loved dance. I said, Siobhan, this year, you're going to dance two days a week. <laughs> he burst into tears. Mom, I don't want to do two days a week. I'm like, okay, no problem. You can just do one. That's fine. She was, I want to do three. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. So she did three days a week. And then through some other circumstances, it worked out as I kind of needed another kid in a different class. I said, hey, Siobhan, you want to do four? Yes, I do. <laughs> so she's dancing four. And she's six. And so what she is learning is how not to be too boastful about that and have some humility because she is doing four days a week. Most of her peers only do one because they're so young. She can be boastful. I'm doing four days. I already have that step. She and I are having some conversations about how to respect where other people are. And this is also a really a beautiful point for, for learning and growth and yeah, there's just so much you can do when you teach your children. And, and I love it. It's such a journey that I love. And I will miss because in a few years, that part of it will be over. Yeah. How weird is that? Yeah, right? Goes yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Erin, that is that is the journey. And I love that you talked about when she wasn't happy with her wig and you just needed to kind of be there for her as a mom emotionally to kind of just be with her because that was going to be one of my questions is usually the emotional piece that I see in students where they need a parent in the room is after a performance or after Mm -hmm. a competition. And it could be like the real high highs, like they did amazing job and they want that hug from their parent or they want that high five, you know, from their parent or whatever, you know, they're kind of looking for that support from their parent. And then there's the opposite side, which, you know, it's the tears. There's the, I didn't do as well as I thought I would. I messed up and just kind of like, you know, how you can be there. Have you ever navigated bringing another family member along or have you always kind of just stepped into that and and been like, well, I need to be mom right now? I I feel like for us, one of the values here at Tiernan Oak is community and family. And that's one of the feedback I get a lot is that we feel like family, which is really nice. And we're very lucky to have that. And so when we go to a show or a competition, parents are always around and The other benefit to having your kids dance is that your kids become friends with their peers in dance. And so even if you're not like bringing another family in the car with you, they know each other so well and so intimately that they they jump in. And as a parent, this is very cool because you know your kids' friends so well. You know, as teachers, as dance teachers, we see the same kids weekly for years yeah Mm -hmm. it's very different than seeing it daily 
in a classroom for one year. And a lot of the times we see our kids, our dance kids, like two days a week for for years. So we get to know them quite well, which is really a beautiful thing. So say that someone kind of has that dream to like someday when they have their family, they love the idea of their child dancing up on that performance stage someday and being able to share their love of Irish dance with their own children. Is there anything that you would tell that person? Well, I think the first thing is get a playpen. (laughs) (laughs) I know I talked about it already, but I think that's really important because you get to be with your children and they are immersed in the music during that time, which is really good. I'd say one of the biggest things is just to remember that they are their own person. And so if they don't want to dance, they don't have to dance. If they don't have the same turnout as you, that's okay. I'd say the other thing is, is take your time. Don't push them too hard. I remember when my oldest was six, I learned that the world's was going to be in Canada in like three years. I'm like, yes, we're going. She's going to be good enough. We're going to go to the world's. No, no, no. That did not happen. And that's okay. And so just slow down and take it one day at a time and really learn about what your child loves to do and, and let them do that. And if dance is it, then try to balance and be immersed in it as best you can. One final question for you. So if someone's listening and they have a toddler right now and they're wondering at what point would I have them actually get involved in a regular class, a regular weekly class. What did that look different for you for every child? Or was there a certain age where you proposed the question to them? Or did you just kind of like enroll them and see if they liked it? Erin, that's a really awesome question. <laughs> I really do love that. So because it was different for every single child. So for my first one, she really just wanted to come with me. She's like, I want to come, I want to come. And so I think she was three and a half and I said, okay, you're coming. And she started class and this kind of similar with the next girl. We waited a little longer actually with the next one. We waited until she was four. And then with my son, I started a preschool class. And then with my last girl, I do have a preschool class. So she started with that age group. So I would say like, it depends on your school. That's the biggest thing. And then it depends on your child. So if your child really, really wants it and they're three and four and hopping around and really, really wants to go and you don't have a preschool class and try it. Why not? If they're not loving it and you don't have a preschool class, then just, just wait, just wait until they're a little older. But if you have a preschool class, I say, just go for it. I thought that was my last question, but I think this is. (laughs) So was there any point along the journey, maybe initially or, or later on where you did actually teach them some steps from home in in your house or has it always been that they were enrolled in class <laughs> oh dear well that's hilarious I try not to because as I said earlier I try to really keep that boundary of home life and keeping the teacher head like that there has been times when they would do a step in the kitchen and over and over make the same mistake so I say okay just so you know you're actually um on the wrong foot there. Okay. Okay. And some coaching in your kitchen. Yeah. I don't like doing it. I feel if I did too much coaching at home, I feel like they wouldn't want to be part of the community here. And I'd feel like I was pushing it too much on them and I'd like them to just love it. Yeah. Well, yeah, they do. So that's really, really fun to hear. Yeah. They're fun. 
All right. Well, this has been amazing. I love just everything that you've shared. And I think it's going to be really helpful for people that want to support their child in any way that they can on the Irish dance journey, if they choose that. So yeah. thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It was really great interviewing you. Well, thanks, Erin, for having me. This was a lot of fun. Great to meet you. And I mean, I could talk about kids all day. So thanks very much. <laughs> yes, we have so many other topics we can talk about in the future. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks.